three, two, one. I'm your host, Mark Mankey, and this is the Mankey Show Podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Sue. I sure appreciate it. Well, thank you for the invitation. Well, it's, uh, I think it's important to, to get it out there a little bit more about uh, your program and the impact on it, because Dogtails has now been shut down due to lack of funding. For, for the, uh, the rest of this uh, term, it's been shut down. We'll be back, back in the fall. Um, but yes, we did have a, a period of time that the funds just haven't been coming in, and so had to make a, a very hard decision to cut some of our programs. And uh, just that's the way life is. You can only have so many, so much revenue versus so many expenses. That's it. It's just the balance sheet. It's the P and L. Um, now, did you lose any main benefactor? Was it was there was there any big big ones that you lost? No, is uh, literacy for life. Our funding is uh, probably three quarters of it. We have to raise through grant writing, through donations, through fund fundraising. So it's kind of a crapshoot actually. Every year uh, we have some core funding or consistent funding, but. Uh, it just sometimes the grants just didn't come through the way we had hoped that they would. So um, that's why we had to back off a little bit. Uh, we have funding coming in July that is our regular money from advanced ed, and that will help us sort of move forward and lots of good things coming up too. Okay. So um, within Literacy for, for Life, is there more programs than, than Dogtails? Yes, very much. So we provide right from babies all the way up to, I think our oldest was 93 years old. Um, she was learning about technology, wanted to be able to use her iPad. And uh, so we teach, uh, or we have programs that focus on the nine essential skills and technology is one of them. But one of our, our main focus is that early years. So we have our Books for Babies program. Every family in the Foothills County, we'll get a bag with books and information about the importance of reading. So that happens right at birth. We have, they get another package at 18 months. And we also have our Rhythm and Rhyme, Movers and Shakers, Toddler Time, uh, Natured Kids are all programs for parents of children with preschoolers. And then we have Building Blocks, which is an in-home program. And staff go into the home and they support parents in supporting their children's literacy and learning. So all about, um, we don't get a rule book on parenting and we're not all teachers and, and we don't have that experience and knowledge. So Building Blocks comes in and just helps parents do what they can do and uh, build on all those neat things that, that happen in the home. 
And then we have GED, we have English language learning, we have our technology classes. So we have quite a continuum of service. It's quite the full scope. Yes, yes. So where do the idea of the dog tails uh, come from? Is that uh, is that a homegrown idea or where did, where did that come from? To a certain extent, but there is a, a lady here in Okotoks, Bonnie Chant Kinsman, who has been uh, with Literacy for Life for almost 19 years now, I think it is. And it was her idea that she had seen it happening somewhere else and came to me and said, let's, this is something we should be doing. And uh, from there, it's grown from just doing it into the libraries to, uh, I think we're in eight, eight schools, eight or nine schools in the county now. Was your skepticism at first? Uh, a little bit. And even myself, when I f look at the program and how simple it is, how, um, why would reading to a dog make that much difference for a child and, and their, their learning and literacy? And the results and the stories we get are, are amazing. So it's something so share, simple. Share one of those stories with me. Uh, we've just had standouts. Well, parents have reported that their children's reading levels have increased two to three levels. Um, they've reported that uh, their child is now, a child that hated to read is now reading at home without any fights, without any arguments. Uh, the biggest thing they've noticed is the confidence that they've, uh, they've, they now feel they can read and they enjoy reading. So having a dog that just listens, non-judgmental, um, doesn't correct you. Doesn't correct you. Yeah, just, yep. uh, you know, we have the pictures of the dogs with their uh, chins on the children's laps, and <laughs> it just looks so peaceful. And uh, that's what these kids need at that stage in their reading. What sort of feedback have you got from the kids themselves about reading to dogs? Well, they, they love it and, and they, they will, they actually go home if they have a dog at home, they'll actually read um, to their dogs. Um, they've reported that they've, they now have, uh, they now enjoy it more. They now want to do it more and um, they just feel more, more comfortable doing it. Is there any science behind it or is it just, this is, uh, we're, we're just trying it out and, and the, the anecdotal stories are, are showing that yeah. this is a good idea? There is science behind it and uh, it's all based on, that's therapeutic. Actually, the original kind of start to it came through with therapeutic dogs. And the, um, so the whole if I get into brain and how the brain works and that when you're under stress, it kicks off the cortisone and the adrenaline in the brain, just sitting there and being with the dog will lower those levels. And that's when learning takes place is when it's a positive, um, positive environment uh, to allow that thinking part of the brain to kick in rather than that part of the brain that wants you to run away or, or hates it or fights it. So there's that part of it. Um, there's research around the age of the children that we provide it to, that they respond better to positive reinforcement like by giving that dog looking at them and, and building that confidence through this method works. Um, once you start getting into the 12, 13-year-old, that type 
of intervention doesn't work as well, um, just being positive about things. So th there, is, there is research, there is science around it, and um, it, it's just we have done a lot of trial and error to see what will work, and um, we have a lot of data, so we keep track of all of our evaluations. So uh, if anybody wants to, you know, we've got a, probably 98% that say, uh, they have seen an increase in their child's confidence. How are you doing right now for the amount of volunteers? Do you need more or are you good? Uh, we always need more. Uh, we will be doing a screening in September and they're just setting the date on that. So if anybody is interested, wants to be involved, they can call the office and uh, let you know when the screening date is. Of course, the, the dog has to meet certain criteria, be able to sit for one thing um, and not get too upset if a child is close to them, touching them, and, and also being in a, a room with other dogs. So that's another important criteria. And it's funny, the dogs love it too. Yes. Uh, we get this little scarf, uh, the dog, to, literacy for life scarf that goes on the dog that sort of denotes, okay, this is a, this is a literacy dog, this is a dog tails dog. And after we went through the process, not everybody gets through the screening process. No. We saw a couple who was like, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, that could be dodgy. Um, uh, so it's very important to have that screening process because uh, everybody thinks, oh, my, my dog would never do anything. Well, let's just let a professional trainer right. do, do this evaluation. And, and the way that they evaluate the dog is like, oh, I see what you're doing there. That makes perfect sense. Because uh, if there are no hot buttons... Well, my dog only bites if you touch him here. Yeah, well, because <laughs> guess what? Murphy's Law, some kid's going to touch him there. Yes. Yeah, so no. If there's, um, my dog only bites when, that no. <laughs> my dog never bites is the only uh, is, is the only answer. Or it, it could destroy the entire program. Yes, yes, it could. In, in, in one fell swoop. But um, whenever we pull out that scarf, the uh, Literacy for Life scarf, our dog reacts the same way as when she sees the leash. She's like, oh, and the tail starts to go. And okay. um, it definitely enjoys being with the kids. And um, uh, it's, it, it is so neat to watch the kids uh, at first with high anxiety, and then the anxiety come down. I saw another kid, because our dog participates in for the listeners who don't know, in, in the dog tails program. Right. So I go to the library or my wife does with her dog. And um, one kid was terribly scared of dogs, which is kind of the opposite of what we're shooting for. Uh, but that didn't last long. Yeah. You know, uh, so that anxiety came down. So it was a double win. And he went from wildly scared of, of the dogs, like had to keep them at least a meter away and uh, like don't even look at me to um, being comfortable with all the dogs. So not only is he reading better and enjoying the reading more, but now um, his fear of dogs is, because these are as safe as it gets for yes. dogs, you know. But uh, it, it's a hell of a program. Now, if somebody wants to um, uh, donate, uh, how do they do that? There's a couple of methods. We do have an online uh method on our website at litforlife.com. Uh, we're actually part of uh, a program. Lit, so I'm sorry, just because they'll miss that. Lit, so L-I-T. F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com. Okay. And uh, it, our website is pretty good. It, it gives you a good idea of what we do. And there is a part where you can go to find out how you can support us. The uh, We're part of the Shaw Birdies for Kids presented by Elta Link. Um, 
program this year. And funds that we bring in or that are donated from now until the end of August will be matched up to 50% by that program. It's the Shaw Charity Classic Golf okay. uh, Tournament in August in Calgary, but they've brought on a number of different charities and, and we're being one of them. So $20,000 of us bringing in will we'll bring another 10,000 into the organization and then it goes up from there. Oh, so that's fantastic. Yeah, it is a great program. So if you don't donate on our website, you can um, L I T F O R L I F E right.com. Dot .com. com. Lit for life.com. And uh, it's automatically looked after, you know, once you go through there um, it's matched and, and we'll get it once the program's done. So it's a perfect time to be doing it. And uh, yeah, so there there's lots of different ways to it. Actually, we're kind of excited, even though we had to cut the programs this, um, for May um, and into June, a group of families from the Black, well, two ladies from Black Diamond came to me and said they want to do something. So they have created a uh, families for Literacy Bottle Drive. And uh, they're asking people to drop their bottles or cans off and at either the High River, Okotoks, or Turner Valley, or sorry, Black Diamond Bottle Depot. That money will come to Literacy for Life. And again, it will be matched through the Birdies for Kids program. So now you said there's some other uh, fundraising events that are coming up. Yep. So other than the golf tournament? Uh, we are, uh, our great grown-up spelling bee is uh, September 28th. We have uh, adults of, three adults in a team will compete for the spelling supremacy in the foothills. Um, the idea is that the teams collect donations and um, basically fundraise for us. But the, the event itself is... Uh, a lot of fun. It's held at the Wales Theatre in High River. And our own John Barlow, um, MP, is Great our, uh, our MC. He's, uh, this is his seventh year. He's missed one, one year. That of son of a gun. MC. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he could go into stand-up com uh, comedy once oh, he's done. Right? Oh, yeah. He's, he does a great job. Well, next time I have him on the show, I'm going to say, be funny. I want to see your funny <laughs> side. Where's funny John? He's done some really good stuff. Yeah, he's pretty serious these days. So, uh, no, he does. If you want to see the funny side, come out to the B on the 28th. And uh, we have a raffle that we're, we're, a couple of raffles, actually, we're selling. One of them is online at litforlife.com. And another one is Cargill has donated some uh, big chunks of meat, and we're just starting to raffle um, five sirloins off that are all cut and wrapped and, and ready for barbecue. Sirloin. Yeah, they look pretty good. So, so we're, you know, we, we're trying lots of different ways to ensure that these programs go, but it, it is tough these days. And so, uh, uh, something that I think people are not aware of uh, and like you to, to, to speak on it is the issue of adult literacy um, in, in the province of Alberta. Right. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about that because I'm sure, sure most people don't realize that there's actually a problem. You're right. And I think that's part of why we're not as sexy as some of the other causes out there. And uh, people aren't aware that uh, the stats vary, but it's around 48% of Albertans have difficulty with literacy that impacts on their day-to-day -day life. So we have very few people that are, you would call, illiterate. And but I just want to clarify on that. We're not talking about ESL. 
We're not no. talking about people that, uh, we're talking about born and bred Albertans right. that went through the school system, yeah. uh, made it however far that they made it. And um, just to share a story. Um, okay. So I, I used to volunteer with PALS, that's Project Adult Literacy Society mm-hmm. uh, out of Edmonton. And at that time, the numbers that uh, that I remember they told me is that 23% of Albertans, born and bred Albertans, uh, are functionally illiterate. Right. So they can't read a pill bottle kind of thing or the, or uh, ingredients on the back of a cereal box. Uh, not that anybody else can either, but um, but 11% are flat out can't read or write, like just flat out. And people think, well, how is that even possible? Yeah. Well, one fella uh, that was a student of mine, because uh, it was each one teach one. So it was it was one-on-one, uh, one at a time until they're there. This guy, um, when we first started meeting every Thursday at the local library, couldn't read a stitch. Literally did not know the alphabet, didn't know wow. the phonics of the alphabet. Okay. Nine months later, he was reading uh, the credits in the movies. Excellent. A- and uh, uh, for... The- for people that don't know the difference between reading and recognizing a sight word, recognizing a sight word is like a stop sign. You're not actually reading stop, yeah. S-T-O-P, and sounding it out. You just know that that says stop. Um, but when you're reading names, you can't use your sight word catalog. Right. So that meant he was actually legit reading and and, uh, and not just using his huge catalog of, of sight words that he could recognize but not read. Right. So he knew what they meant, but he couldn't read it. Um, but this guy had a high school diploma, graduated high school and had a year of technical college at Nate, yep. a year at Nate before he's like, ah, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, and they have more coping mechanisms yes. than you can believe. So the reason I wanted to share that is that, um, it is a problem. Adult literacy in Alberta, you'd never think a first world nation, um, with a great education system. Well, there's still some slipping through the cracks. Yes, there is. And uh, there, there are lots of different reasons, and uh, it, uh, that's what we're trying to impact on. And in particular, our early year programs and dog tales and so on is if we can make a difference uh, early, then... The sooner the better. Yes. And going through the system and going through lots of different systems does so much damage other than just... Uh, not being able to maybe make, say, an income, but the uh, what it does to people emotionally and, and socially, it, it's, uh, it, it has a lot of... Well, people aren't exactly wearing T-shirts saying, be patient, yeah. I can't read. Right, right. You know, I mean, talk about a dirty little secret. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, people that, uh, it's amazing how good they are or how many skills they, they do have that they're able to actually survive in our world uh, and not be able to read. So it's, uh, I've just seen too many of that. That's, we do offer the one-on-one also at through Literacy for Life. I shouldn't have missed that one because it is such an important one. So if you're ever looking for another volunteer opportunity, <laughs> we offer the, the one-to-one help for adults uh, in, the, in the county too. Well, we might have to talk about that. I'm uh, trying to get things off my plate and not, <laughs> not, not put more things on my plate. Yes, I I'm a real estate that. agent, agent uh, I'm a realtor, I'm a podcast host, and so much more. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's what you got to do in this economy. You got to di- diversify. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, uh, you could sink. And that's the whole thing with skills is being able to uh, 
when we talk about literacy, it's, it is even more than just reading and writing. And uh, it's, in, especially in our day and age now with technology, if you can't uh, function in that world, it, you're just going to get further and further behind. So, um, and same with numeracy, there's, there's a, a whole lot involved other than just reading and, and writing. Just, I'm fishing here, but uh, I don't know, but I'm, I just kind of get this sense. Is there a personal story uh, that, that you have that got you into being a literacy advocate? Yes, and I think I'm okay with sharing it because I have shared it before. I can um, smell it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am trained as a teacher and, and uh, was in a classroom, but when my children came along, I sort of changed direction a little bit. But my oldest, as she went through the school system, um, it was not it was not a happy place for her. And uh, as a parent, even with all the skills that, that I have as, as a teacher. Um, my husband also was trained as a teacher and is a, a paramedic. Uh, we went through all the post-secondary, all those things, just watching um, her struggles with, with learning. And, and it wasn't that she, she's a very smart lady, um, has wonderful strengths, lots of great things, but what it did to her, knocking uh, her ability to take risks out of her. Um, yeah, it's just, she's 36 now, and um, I still see the damage that was done because of not being able to uh, read and learn in the same way the others around her were learning. Uh, she's doing great, and we've we've learned through being involved in Literacy for Life, all the things I've learned. I've been able to help her um, learn strategies and tools and, and ways to, to be successful. So it's a happy ending, but you can still see those things that, uh, the damage, so. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story here today, Sue. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we get some coverage uh, for anybody watching, please, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, please share it. And the more you share it, the more the awareness that literacy is actually an issue in this country, believe it or not, uh, it's a dirty little secret uh, and people need to know more. And please support Literacy for Life. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm your host, Mark Mankey, and this is the Mankey Show Podcast. Mankey.